Welcome back in, everybody. It's another edition of the First and Orange Podcast, Denver Post, Broncos, Reporters. Parker Gabriel here, Ryan McFadden right over there. Uh, Ryan, the Broncos have a win. Yes, they do. Finally. Finally. Yeah, uh, it was super the- impressive, right? They just blew out the Bears <laughs> like everybody thought maybe they would, and uh, no no problems whatsoever. Nice and easy, no sweat. Nope. Uh, the Broncos did. The Broncos did treat us to that as we, like a lot of us uh, expected. Uh, you know, I think they dug this. Up. Like, it's great to get the win, but um, you could. It's still a lot of work to be done with the team, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, you do. I, I would say this. You gotta like what you saw out of Nick Benito. In that in that game, I think this team has been dying to find some because a guy who can you know generate some pressure off the edges uh, through these three few games, and you know Nick Benito did his thing, Jonathan Cooper did his thing. I thought that strip sack for, that strip sack that led to that uh, touchdown was huge and game changing. You gotta like the way Russell Wilson looked in the second half. That's one of those things. That's what why Russell Wilson has is a nine time Pro Bowler and a Super Bowl champion is the way he went. The back is against the wall. He just uh, and turns into a whole different player. You know, we saw that. Uh, but yeah, it was. You, when you look at that, when you look at that game, you rewatch the game. There's still a lot of flaws on the defense side of the ball. I know they, I know they was able to contain the Bears uh, in the second half, but you allowed Justin Fields to complete 15 straight passes. Yeah, and 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 that's no discredit to Justin Fields. I think he's, I think he's a talented quarterback. I know it's it's been a rough start to the season, but you're allowing. He entered the game with one of the, uh, the lowest completion completion percentages in the league, and he starts the game 15 for 15. He, there was too many guys wide open or filled down the field, and it looked like whether it was miscommunication, um, not know what the, not know who, who your assignment was. It, it, you get you, like Sean Payne said, they're going to be playing better teams. You got one in two weeks against the Chiefs. You got the Bills, who who seem to destroy every team that has the Broncos has played this year. So you know the it's proud to take the it's proud to get that win. I guess you can save the Caleb Williams tank talks for another. That's right. That's right. <laughs> for I for another maybe week. I thought maybe we'd be talking about Caleb Williams against Shadur Sanders on the podcast. Yeah, I thought so too. But you know, Russell Wilson said we got we got Russell Wilson said we got other plans. So yeah. it was a win is a win, but this team still has a lot of holes they need to fill. Um, uh, moving, excuse me, moving forward. Yeah, no doubt. Well, I think one of the things that you just, I mean, when you saw it, you saw it early in the game where, you know, the offense sort of did this thing it's been doing recently where they move the ball, but they just shoot themselves themselves in the foot so often, you know, holding penalty had five false starts over the course of the game. And that's how, you know, that's how that's part of the reason they fell behind. And then obviously, you know, defensively, um, they just did nothing to slow down Chicago um, early in the game, which was really, I think the most surprising thing, and Justin Fields hasn't, you know, ripped up anybody like that in the NFL. Obviously, he's a he's a good, uh, you know, he's a talented player. He's a dynamic runner, um, but we haven't seen him shred somebody in the passing game like that. You know, really, probably I haven't watched every game he's played, obviously, but over the course of his NFL career, and and so, you know, they got it straightened away um, when it mattered. Obviously, the Bears played a little bit of a role in that. Um, I looked at kids in the press box at one point I think maybe when it was 28 14 and I said hey listen I think I think Chicago might might try to give this one away here before the end um you know that's what bad teams do and I don't think 
I mean, I don't, I don't know about you, Ryan. I, I don't think radically different about the Broncos after they win a game. It's easier, obviously, to, you know, to feel good about it and to make corrections. And it's, it, it is funny. You find yourself even sort of like objective observer. I mean, you have moments where you're like, oh, maybe you can squint and see a way that they, you know, get on a run here. And I don't, that's not impossible. It could, I mean, it could, it could happen. Um, but I don't know how likely it is. So, yeah, I mean, you, you find a way, like you say, Russell Wilson, you know, three touchdowns and, and no interceptions, 21 of 28. And now through four weeks, maybe this is a good place to start, Ryan, with just the way, you know, Russell's played here over the past, uh, over the start of this season. He goes into week five tied for third in the NFL and passer rating uh, with Josh Allen right ahead of Patrick Mahomes. Uh, and if you go based on the advanced metrics like EPA per play, I think he's fourth in the NFL. So um, quietly, I'd say sort of quietly, um, he's off to a pretty good, darn good start so far this year. And this this was, you know, it wasn't as big as the yardage game, but this was the most efficiently and probably the best he's played uh, so far this season. Yeah, I, you hit the point there. I thought this was this was Russell Wilson's best game uh, thus far. Uh, he was very he was very efficient. He was getting. He was getting. He was. He was. He was helping to move the offense really quickly, um, and like and like you said, it's just he showed that he showed that trait that has made him one of the best QBs in the league for for X amount of years. It's it's that clutch gene, you know. It's like when when his teams are down, he just figures out a way. Whether it's like a deep ball or a key drive, he just figures out a way to pull out the win, and you know that's what. That's what Denver brought him here to do uh, last year. Obviously, it didn't work out the way they expected um, in 2022. You're starting to see a little bit more this year, but I'm not like I'm not too surprised the way he's performing because you knew he still had it in him, I, and and, and kind of proved Sean Payne's point to a little bit where he needed the right coaching. And I think having I'm not saying Sean Payne has been perfect throughout. Right. The, these first four games, they're one and three. Uh, they blew a lead to the Commanders. They got just destroyed by Miami. So there's there's a lot of flaws there. But I, you got to admit he he got Russell Wilson in a direction and a much better in the, in the right direction. Yeah. Now we still have a lot of football left. You know things can change, but this is a his performance is very just encouraging moving forward and. And it's it's one of those performances where you have to sit there and wonder, like, if if this team just falls off the rails and in a top five pick situation, and right. Russell's still playing at a high level, like, what do you what do you like, do? What do you do? Because yeah. you still have to pay him a ton of money, and at the same time, he is still playing at a high level. So, do you just say, you know what, tank for Caleb Williams when Russell Wilson is? ends the season with 35 touchdowns and seven interceptions. I don't yeah. like, you know, it's just, yeah. I, I, Russell, we just know where a lot of, when teams struggle, a lot of blame goes right to the, to the, to the quarterback. And what you see here, I, I think one thing you do like to see him play better in the second half. I thought he did played a lot better in the second half against Chicago. So you, if you want to have a knock, that's probably one of my biggest, you know, my biggest issues for him through these four games is like the second half performances. But I thought Chicago's occurrence is a sign, but he's not this team's problem. And right. I guess that's a good – it's a good thing because when you're paying a guy $245 million, you don't want him to be the biggest problem on the field, and so far he hasn't. So I I, I, I like what 
Russell Wilson's done so far, and you can tell just having um, Sean Payton in the building. I guess you know, I guess bringing him, leveling him, leveling, um, bringing him down a little bit, and making him realize just go out here and play football. Yeah, I think that's helped. I think that's helped him tremendously. Yeah, it's been really good for him. And and the thing about it is, you know, he the and I, I wrote this in the mailbag this week, like the. Part of Denver's problem, not all of it. They're bad on defense, and and they're 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 slow on defense overall. They're not all slow, obviously, but overall, they lack, I think, team speed defensively, especially. Um, they have all these issues, and and Russell Wilson so far this year is not one of them. The thing is, all of the draft capital and and the player capital that it took to acquire him, and then you know potentially, probably likely, the extension at some point is going to be an issue too. So it's sort of this, like, he's not, he's not the problem. He's playing really well. Um, he's playing well and he played really well on Sunday, all of the capital that it took to acquire and then pay him still seems like it's going to be problematic. And you see that in, in just in the lack of roster depth. I mean, you know, it's not like, you know, Noah Fant and Shelby Harris and would, would, would change this team necessarily. I'm not saying that, but you know, then it's the, all the, the the four draft picks or five draft picks and all of that. Like they've just been short on that. And then they gave up more to get Sean Payton, um, at least in part because, you know, they needed somebody who could sort of like help Russell Wilson get back on track. And so, you know, all of that obviously plays into it. That story's not, you're not going to wake up six weeks from now and be like, wow, Denver made a great trade to get Russell Wilson. But all you can, all you can hope for at this point is that he plays well. And so far he is. So, that's obviously been a step in the right direction. Interestingly, Ryan, I mean, two of the biggest offensive plays in the game. One was a 31-yard run from Jaleel McLaughlin that that sort of set them up. And then obviously, you know, when they got the ball after that fourth down stop, uh, tie game, you know, past the two-minute warning at the end, um, the first play was they called, they called it the turkey hole shot um, to Marvin Mims. Two rookies that made a big impact in the game and two guys that – you just have to imagine in some way, shape or form are going to be, you know, part of a big part, maybe bigger part of the equation uh, going forward for the Broncos in uh, in Mims, who was their top draft pick this past year in the second round. And then McLaughlin, who they, you know, convinced to, to sign as an undrafted free agent after all the draft proceedings were over. Yeah, you after this game, you got to imagine they had an expanded some form of expanded role. Uh, you still. Because um, when, when you look at someone like Marvin Mims, for some reason, it's like every time he touched the ball, it's like it, it, like a, a big play happens. So, and, and and when you have someone like that, you got to have him on the field as much as possible. I know that's hard when you dealing. We have Jerry Judy out there, Cortland Sutton out there, as those two veterans, and then you have Brandon Johnson. But they got to figure out, you know, a corporate expanding his role a bit more in in the passing game because he makes a lot of big plays and a lot of like meaningful plays as well. And then like Jaleel McLaughlin, uh, I think we, I think you obviously like the, the size comes to the question, especially when it comes to like yep. pass protection. And he even admitted that himself uh, on, on Monday, but like our, that was probably the best rushing. It wasn't great, but that was the best rushing performance we've seen from any running back uh, yep. through the, the season, 72, 72 yards rushing. Uh, he had that big, he had that big uh, 30, 31 yard, uh, 30 yard run in the second half. He had that 18 yards uh, reception on a screen pass for Wilson in the, on the opening drive of the first quarter. He he's another like he's a playmaker and 
he find he figure out ways to take advantage of space and f- find a way to exploit like gaps, um, yep. gaps no matter how big or small. He figures out a way to explore it and, and make and, and generate huge gains. And we saw that in training camp. We saw we saw that in, in preseason. And he's gonna. I, I feel like the Broncos, even with the limited capital, they were able to strike some some gold on on draft night and selecting Marvin Mims. And then uh, finding a hidden talent in Jaleel McLaughlin as an undrafted free agent because they they showed that they deserve to you know keep to keep um, to keep to get more playing time to get more reps out there. Yeah, it's going to be interesting too. I mean, so we're we're early in the week here, obviously recording on Tuesday afternoon as we sort of go into the the thrust of the work week. We know Javante Williams has a, a hip injury, hip flexor injury. Um, it doesn't sound like it's something that's going to keep him out for a long time, but we don't know for sure. We'll have a better idea as the week goes on in terms of what he's able to do practice-wise and all of that. So, you know, if he misses a game, then, then Ryan, you know, it's, we're coming into an interesting part of the schedule here where obviously they play the Jets on on Sunday and then they turn around and play Kansas City on, you know, on Thursday. So just five days later. So even sort of like a one-week injury, you know, could cost Javante Williams two games. We'll just have to sort of see how he bounces back. Obviously, he's been through a lot with the knee injury. And so, uh, you know, that 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 if he doesn't play um, on Sunday against the Jets, that would only open the door for Jaleel McLaughlin more. Um, and then there's a couple of sort of like, you know, sort of trickle down roster effects there. We know the Broncos are waving a Sang Bassey, um, who, who started the season as a starting nickel. Uh, we think they're bringing Dwayne Washington, who's a running back, mostly a special teams guy, up uh, to the 53. That would, from the practice squad, that would basically give you cover. Um, you know, if Javante doesn't play, you'd still have three running backs up. Um, but it's going to be interesting because, you know, we've been saying this basically since the opener about Mims, right? Like, oh, he'll see more playing time. And he's he sort of had that same role. Um, 15 to 17 snaps offensively. And then obviously he's a dynamic return man. And, and Sean Payton sort of like not talk around it, but he keeps basically saying like, this is his role. Like he's doing it really well. He's doing it at a high level. And then after the game on the podium, after the game, he says of Jaleel McLaughlin, yep, his role will keep expanding. So he's willing to say about McLaughlin and maybe it's because of injuries and some, some of that, like he's willing to say about McLaughlin right off the bat after the game, what has been a little bit more tentative with Marvin Mims in terms of sort of like ramping up the the involvement in the offense. Yeah, I, I noticed that too, and, I, and I, I, sometimes I wonder is it more of like if, if like more if Payne goes out and say, yeah, we're going to expand this role, then also too at least a lot of people questioning, well, what about Jerry Judy and right. You yeah. Know, what about Corey Sunday? So I don't know if that's if that's a situation like Sean Payton is trying to avoid, where he, if he just outright says, "Yeah, he's going to get a lot more playing time," and he doesn't, and he wants to avoid those talks, saying, "Well, if we give him more than 17 snaps a game, then we're going to have to cut back uh, right. Judy snaps." So I, I, I guess, and Sean Payton seems like that's like he might want to try to avoid that type of controversy. Even though, when you look at Marvin Mims and each game he plays, like he deserve, like he deserves it. It's there's not a lot like, of controversy when yeah. when you make a big play, like almost every time you touch the ball. Yeah, every 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 single time he's touched the ball is 
it's, it's a big play. Even on special teams, he had the 45-yard punt return against the Commanders, 99 kick, 99-yard kick return against the Dolphins. Um, he had a 60-yard 60, 60 touchdown reception in week two as well. And then he makes the, the one of the biggest catches of the game that helps, that helps set up uh, the go-ahead field goal against Chicago. Like, he makes yeah, plays. And he had a 45-yard punt return. Yeah, he makes plays. So it's – and, if and you know, if you, if you ask any, anyone else covering Broncos media, they wonder the same thing. It's like, what's what, – what, you know, what's the plan here? Like, you have this yeah. this this potential star that, like, even though he's making plays, it's like we feel like he still hasn't been fully unleashed yet in a sense. Yeah. Um, and I guess – it's more pain trying to figure it out. Maybe like, all right, if we expand this role, what about Jerry Judy, who we sure. um, said in the off season, we, we believe in him and pick, even picked up his fifth, fifth year option. And what about Cortland Sutton, um, who has, you know, who's been here for quite some time. And this is some guy we, you know, told everyone from the start that he was going to play that Michael Thomas type role. So I guess they have a lot of figure out to do, but you're going to have to get to a point where, you know, if Mara Mims keeps producing like this, I look at like tough decisions are going to have to be made uh, because as you're going, you're going to want to have, you, you want to have your best guy out there as yeah. much as possible. And it seems like Kim and Russ are able, have been able to develop a connection uh, instantly. Yeah, no doubt. And it's interesting because, you know, there, there's, I don't think you're talking about, you know, I don't think you're talking about Jerry Judy going from playing 50 snaps a game to playing yeah. 15, you know, I mean, you're talking about here and there and, and listen, th those guys are good pros. They're, they're proven, you know, they've been up and down and obviously both, you know, court Cortland and, and Jerry have dealt with injuries at different times over the course of their career and all of that. Like, so you're not talking about like, you know, a radical redistribution of snaps or anything. I just think you'll continue to see, you know, Marvin Mims, you would think you'd see his usage increase, even if it's yeah. not overnight from, you know, 15 to 17 to, to 45. Like, I just think it's on the upswing. And one of the things like to, to Sean's credit, I mean, you know, Sean Payton's credit, like one of the things I talk about a lot is figuring out what a guy does well and then putting him in that situation. And that's sort of like, I think you could make the argument um, without knowing everything that happens behind the scenes that they're that maybe they're being overly cautious with Mims in that regard um, in terms of like, okay, here are the things he does well. Like clearly, you know, he, he's a deep threat. Um, and, and, you know, there's, I'm sure Russell Wilson likes throwing to Cortland Sutton on third down over the middle of the field, or even little Jordan Humphrey um, over the middle of the field. Cause they're big targets and it's a big, big window in the middle of the field. So like that, all that all you can make the argument among, you know, sort of all those different elements. Um, but just, I mean, the guys making big plays every week. Um, and while other players have too, Brandon Johnson has, Jerry Judy has, um, Cortland Sutton has, uh, Greg Dulcich has, and maybe he'll be back in a couple of weeks. But like, you know, when a guy does it week in and week out, like you're going to, you, you probably, you would, conventional wisdom would be that you're going to find ways to use them. So um, yeah, we'll see there. Ryan, let's, um, before we talk briefly about the Jets, let's do a couple minutes and just, it's going to be, it sets up to be an interesting couple of weeks. And again, you know, obviously we don't know what will happen over this week, but there's some guys that are eligible to come back. Um, now we're four games in going into week five. And so you've got four players for the Broncos that are eligible to come off of injured reserve. We don't, 
necessarily think all of them will right away. Um, but, you know, three, you know, key players, potentially key players on defense, which has obviously struggled so far this year in PJ Locke and K1 Williams off of injured reserve. And then Baron Browning, the outside linebacker, um, is on the physically unable to perform list. All of them can be activated starting um, this week on Wednesday. We don't we don't know that all of them will be. We think Locke and Browning in particular are close, um, you know, and then K1 we'll see. Um, but that's a that's sort of a it wouldn't be a bad time for the defense to have some reinforcements on the way. Right. With those guys, just given the way things have gone so far and given the performance of of some other guys at, at those positions on defense. Yeah, I, they uh, to me, I think they need as m- as many reinforcements as possible on, on that defensive side of the ball. If you can get like Baron Browning back there, um, even I know if, even though Frank Clark is on is not on the IR, but trying to get you know get him back, you know get him back healthy, I think that, that helps out in terms of you know trying to generate pressure and and trying to hopefully create a stable pass rush, which. You know, we haven't we haven't seen that just yet. Um, and then having PJ Locke coming back, especially you know, with Justin Simmons dealing dealing with his injury, I think that's I think that that's key. They're gonna need as much depth, as much help as possible. Uh Vance defensive coordinator Vance Joseph, they need they need it badly. I to me, I think the the defense has not played great and they they can make it hard. They haven't played good either. Um, so um, haven't so even I, played I, somewhat poorly. <laughs> so we're at a point where it's like you just need as as many as many guys as possible out there. I think that's huge, especially Baron, especially having Baron Browning out there. And it'll be interesting, like when Frank comes back, when Baron comes back, how that rotation with the outside line, linebackers works. Um, yep. I know they 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 talked about it throughout the offseason. How yeah, we're in a rotation with these guys, but I thought it would, to me it was it was very telling the fact that Nick Benito got the start over Randy Gregory, and he had a solid game. So did Jonathan Cooper, and 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 Randy Gregory has not lived up to his his contract so far. Um, so it's going to be to see how that shakes up. You know, when Baron Browning does come back, I don't think anyone expects him to like. Boom! Jump right up, jump in right. right away, and you know get starter reps. But I think from for I think they're going to need as much help out there in the pastures as possible. And, and then go like I said, going back to PJ Locke, uh, we have like Justin Simmons out. You're running, you're going to need, need that depth. Uh, Kareem Jackson to me, like for him to play all these snaps at 35 is to me is is pretty remarkable. But you you you're going to need some help at safety. You can't just like, you know, just go out there each week and just rely on just, you know, two healthy guys, especially with, right. you know, it's so much uncertainty dealing with Justin Simmons. Yeah. And they're playing it. I mean, they're just playing, they're playing a ton of zone coverage yeah. right now. And, and, you know, again, it's, it's not to pick on Delaire and Turner yell, but defense is like, it's the NFL, man. It's ruthless. You know, defense is, um, the old Shanahan phrase that our friend Jeff Legwell of the ESPN said, you know, when you find a bruise, you keep hitting it and, and offenses have done that, you know, they've, they've made, they've tested Turner yell and, and, you know, whoever's been playing nickel, whether it's uh saying Bassey who they're waving today, um, Quan McMillan this past week, like you are going to test guys who haven't proven that you can't test them. 
And that's what defenses, that's what defenses have done to him. Not their only problem, not by a long shot, but to have a guy, even like PJ Locke, you know, he hasn't, hasn't played a ton. I don't think we, we call him a, you know, a bona fide, you know, 100% NFL starter, but the guys in training camp, you know, they talked about him in that way, a guy that you can trust, a guy that knows what he's doing. And so, you know, it's one of those weeks where you don't want to put the cart in front of the horse, but if you're, if you get Justin Simmons and Frank Clark back off of, of shorter term injuries um, and you add Baron Browning and PJ lock back at some point too, like that's a, that's, those are several guys. And then Josie Jewell sort of in the same boat at inside linebacker. Like that is, that's four or five guys, uh, you know, K one at some point, six guys that you are, you're counting on to help your defense um, who haven't been on the field over the past couple of weeks and who, you know, could be here um, in the relatively near future. So again, that doesn't mean that they're all of a sudden it's going to be a top 10 unit or that they're going to shut down Patrick Mahomes and all of that a week from Thursday. But I guess like you take the approach of it, like it can't hurt. It can't hurt to get those guys back. Um, and, and I'm sure that Vance Joseph is anxious to have some of those guys back, back at his, uh, at his disposal. Oh yeah. Most definitely. You, you have to, like the way this defense has, has played, you uh, like I said, you want as many guys as possible. I'm not saying uh, the return of PJ Locke or Baron Bryant is going to just transform his team to a top five defense. No, but when when your defense is playing like that, and you're just trying to fi- you know you're trying to figure it out, figure it out. Um, you want to have an you want to have as many guys as possible where you can rotate them in and out just to just to find something like try to generate yep. some type of momentum or rhythm or, or whatever. So, you know, if they can get, get Clark and Simmons back, um, Josie back, then you get PJ Locke. I think you're, you're taking the steps in the right direction. Don't say it's the defense is completely fixed with those guys, but it's just, just knowing that you have some, you know, some, some sort of insurance and depth. I think it's, it's something it's, it's not a lot, yep. but it's, it's something. It's something. And then this weekend, uh, whatever something they have available defensively, obviously going against the Jets, it's Zach Wilson, Nathaniel Hackett in the Jets offense rather than Aaron Rodgers, Nathaniel Hackett in the Jets offense, which like, you know, probably better news for the Broncos on that front. But of course, it's disappointing to not have, you know, Aaron Rodgers um, hurt week one, obviously one of the biggest stories in the NFL, um, ruptured his Achilles. But Ryan, what do you think for this game? I mean, it's it's sort of a some of the spice of the Hackett return and the uh, fiasco as Sean Payton called it on Sunday and then didn't want to talk about on Monday, um, you know, with what he said, calling Hackett's tenure, one of the worst coaching jobs in the history of the NFL and all of that, like none of that stuff went away, but it seems like the heat level on it has dropped considerably. And I guess that's probably partially because of Rogers injury and partially because, you know, both these teams are are one and three rather than, you know, both being off to good starts this year. Yeah, I, yeah, I think the, the Rogers injury hurt from the from the jump because remember Rogers actually you know called out <laughs> Sean Payton for those comments That's right. and re, and really defended uh, Hackett uh, after after hearing those remarks. So you know you had you had that fuel there where there's a guy on the field playing that has like, you know, that type of animosity and edge. Yep. Um, but yeah, I felt like, I felt like it kind of started, it started like the hype start going down there and then both teams being one and three, that doesn't help out as well. 
Uh, I thought in a, in a perfect scenario, you would have went, you would have went in there where both teams were hovering around 500, maybe a game or two over 500, where you're now looking at a really, you know, a really high, like must, must see matchup, but we don't have that. Yep. Um, but I feel like now, prime time. yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, if this was, if this was prime time, we would, it, it would have been a mess. But I think when you look at, when you look at this matchup now, I feel like where if Aaron Rodgers was healthy, I would have gave the just the edge. Mm-hmm. But with that's with him out for a year, I feel like the Broncos, this is an opportunity for the Broncos to come in and, you know, to try to, you know, try to pull, to pull one off. Um, I, Russell Wilson's playing a high level. Obviously, your concern is, with the run on offense with the run game and then on defense is if the defense can put things together. Um I think when you uh I, I think Justin Fields is a better quarterback than Zach Wilson, but allowing Justin Fields to look like Patrick Mahomes for the first half of uh, the game gives me a little bit concern of all right, what you're gonna do against Zach Wilson. And Zach Wilson's coming off a game against the Chief where I thought he looked pretty solid. Um yeah. you know he he struggled like you know he had a hard time he had a hard time in, in from the start but I feel like and after the second quarter, he started to settle in. He made some pretty impressive throws. Uh, a couple of throws that were like in tight coverage. I thought he, I was, that that, um, that was impressed by. Um, I know he had that fumble late in the game, and then, you know, a lot of people are talking about that holding call, soft guard that kind of like took back an interception, and it remains. <laughs> um, but I think, but I think this is the opportunity for the Broncos to come in here and they get a win at home to get a second straight win. And you're generating some kind of momentum going going into Kansas City with uh, two and two and three instead of one and four. So I think this is this is it's a big opportunity for uh, the Broncos, even if it doesn't have the hype like we thought it would be back in when we saw this matchup um, approaching. Yeah, no doubt. And it, it's interesting. I mean, the thing that the thing to not lose sight of here is that the Jets' defense is really good. I mean, yeah, you know they they're one and three. Dallas scored 30 against them um, the week after the Rodgers injury, but they're really the only offense that's gotten that's gotten the better of that defense, right? I mean, especially like holding Buffalo, they, they won that game on the on the walk off punt return in Week One after Rodgers got hurt. But the way that Buffalo's played since Week One, I mean, 22 points that that's that looks like quite an accomplishment. Um, and then 23 for Kansas City, you're right in the game. You know, they they held. Uh, Mahomes and and Kelsey and that whole crew, you know, in check, at least relative to what those guys are capable of. And so, yeah, I mean, you're talking about obviously sauce, um, you know, one of the very best corners in the NFL, um, Quan and Williams inside their, their front four is really good. And so it's a, um, it sets up like a low scoring kind of game, you know, and, and what's funny about that, Ryan, you weren't here yet, but last year, that's exactly what it was. It was actually Brett Rippon playing, um, that was a game that Russell Wilson missed Brett Rippon, you know, playing um, at uh, here in Denver when the Jets came to town last week, but that was Zach Wilson. And they, they won that game. They were five and two, the Jets were five and two after that win. Um, and it was 16 to nine Brees Hall uh, ripped off a 63 yard touchdown run early in the game and then tore his ACL missed the rest of the year from that. But um, yeah, it was, it was Zach Wilson and the Jets beat Nathaniel Hackett in Denver and now it's Zach Wilson uh, and the Jets with Nathaniel Hackett trying to beat Denver uh, here at Empower Field. So it's all like 
it's um it's pretty interesting and there's it's going to be um just a fascinating matchup even though it's one in three teams um and like you say i mean if you get to two and three like great let's see what happens in kansas city um but yeah there's there's plenty of storylines obviously there's plenty of interest and It'll be uh, it'll be a fun one on on Sunday afternoon. Maybe the Broncos fans will count down the play clock when when uh, the the Jets are on offense. <laughs> no, that that would be hilarious. But yeah, I'm, I I, it's, I think it's gonna be an interesting matchup. Um, I'm probably gonna throw my prediction out here. I think it's gonna be I'm gonna go 21-17 Denver. Uh, I I I just like. To me, I think the best quarterback wins here. I think Russell, Russell Wilson is playing at a high level. I think that defense is going to give him problems, but I think he's going to make. I think he's going to make enough plays to, um, you know, to pull this one off. If I'm the if I'm the Broncos defense, I won't I won't sleep too much on running back Brees Hall. Uh, even nope. even though like his numbers have taken a step back after that amazing game he had in Week One, but like he like he. He can get he can get down to the, he can make some big plays he can make some big runs he had a couple of big runs against Kansas City so that's like a, that's not a guy who I I want to sleep too much on and then to me um, I think this is gonna I think the key right here is gonna come down to Denver's defense uh, this yep. if you want an opportunity to say if Van Schoffel want an opportunity if Saka all those guys want an opportunity to put the doubters away um, and limit the outside noise they've been receiving I think this is it. If you, if to me, Zach Wilson's one of the most scrutinized quarterbacks in the league, <laughs> and if you let if you let him start the game seven for seven, oh my gosh, it's just like, yep. you know, it's just it's just it's just going to be a bad look. If and 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 even even that's even though Zach Wilson had a solid game against Kansas City, but if you let him build off of that and even have a better game against against the Broncos, then you're kind of in a situation where like, man, Zach Wilson just threw for. 300 plus yards and two touchdowns. It, this season is over, and you you can actually yep. make your argument that yeah, that's the case. If you just let Zach Wilson just come in here and just light you guys up after the struggles he's had throughout his throughout his early career, his young career, then I don't know what direction, <laughs> what where else to go with this defense. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, it's um they haven't exactly had outside of the Dolphins, obviously. Um, you know, it hasn't been a murderer's row of offenses um, to open the season uh, for for the Broncos' defense, and yet they've played poorly. And the murderer's row is coming. I mean, they play Kansas City twice in 17 days after this weekend. Then they got the bye week, and then they got Buffalo on the other side. Green Bay's in there too, and you know, Green Bay's sort of been. They've either played really well offensively or really bad offensively. So, you know, that's that's the upcoming stretch. Everybody knows it. Um, that you know, Denver got to get a win this weekend in order to to even set up sort of like a chance to get back in the mix. So, I have gone back and forth on this one. I probably will continue to go back and forth on this one. Uh, right now, I just think the Jets figure it out. Um, 17-16, low scoring game. Uh, but stay tuned. Uh, what ends up? This is a this is one where I'm I'm riding the fence pretty hard. So by the time the uh, the Sunday print rolls around, maybe I'll have a different answer. But right now, um, I see the Jets getting it done. So we'll we'll see about that. Anything else for the good of the cause this week, Ryan? I I, I would just say is I think I said this last week. I feel like we're in. Like I said, we're in just in for a long run. Um, and I just feel like this. 
I feel like this year is just going to, just from what I've seen through four weeks, I, I just feel like we're either going to go down two ways. This is going to be an average team that it's going to figure out and maybe hover around 500, maybe a game below or a game up, or we're just, or they don't build off the Chicago win and they just yep. continue to spiral downward. But one thing we, we can say is, for everyone who doubted Russ, he is no he is nowhere near the problem. Um, yep. But you get but at the same time you can make the argument that he is not the problem on the field, but that contract is the problem um, off the field in a sense. Um, but yeah, yep. it's they still have a lot of. It's good for them to get that win under the belt, but I feel like this team says a lot of figuring out to do, and I, to me it's like a lot of to me to probably coming together as a team. Um, because there's times where you watch this game where sometimes you see a lack of effort. Um, and to me, it's, you're, you're, if you're noticing at some points lack of effort early in the season, to me, and we still have a long way to go into the season, to me, that's a bit concerning. So it's going to be interesting to see. I, 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 gonna, a win is a win, but I, there's so much they got they got to fix, and, and I guess it starts with with guys coming back from injury, and maybe and from there we'll just see what happens. There you go. We'll see what happens. We'll be here to cover it all. Obviously, every week on the podcast and at DenverPost.com/slash Broncos, you can find all kinds of stuff there. Subscribe on uh, YouTube, also wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, check out all the written content we've got from Ryan, from me, from. Mark Kisla and Sean Keeler and everybody else at the Denver Post. Uh, yeah, so thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next week.